Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. Today's program is brought to you in part by the financial support of our listeners. And I want to thank Jeff so much for his support. He sent along a one-time donation at support.greatdetectives.net. Detectives.net. You can also send a donation through the Zelle service. Just send it to box13 at greatdetectives.net. You can also mail in your donation to P.O. Box 15913, Boise, Idaho, 83715. That's P.O. Box 15913, Boise, Idaho, 83715. And of course, you can become one of our ongoing Patreon supporters at patreon.greatdetectives.net. Now it's time for today's episode of Nightbeat. The original air date is July the 3rd of 1952, and this one is The Old Itch. Now, Paps Blue Ribbon presents transcribed Frank Lovejoy in... Hi, this is Randy Stone. I cover the night beat for the Chicago Star. Sometimes the best stories a reporter gets are the ones he can't print. The off-the-record conversations with people in high places. I knew Robbie wouldn't be talking for publication when I got his wire saying he was checking in at a small residential hotel on the north side for a few days. Robbie was a guy I'd gone to school with. He was also Maynard Robertson, Far East specialist for one of the big foundations. I knew he'd talk plenty and that I couldn't print a word of it. The lobby of the hotel was small and gray with a desk clerk to match. He smiled when I approached him, but there was something in his manner that strongly suggested Horatius at the bridge. Yes, sir. And what may we do for you? Friend of mine's supposed to be registered here. Maynard Robertson? Mm-hmm. I see. Can you give me his room number? I'd like to go up and see him. Mm-hmm. I imagine you would. Just supposing Mr. Robertson is registered here. You're a friend of his, you say? Yes, I'm a friend of his. Is he here or isn't he? I don't imagine you'd have any way of proving you're a friend of his. Well, look, call his room and tell him that Randy Stone is here. Now, now, we won't be hasty, will we? Randy Stone, Randy Stone. Now, where have I heard that name before? I'm a reporter for the Star. Ah, uh-huh, and... I thought so. A reporter. Well, Mr. Stone, we have no Maynard Robertson registered here. And good day to you, sir. Oh, now, wait, wait. Just hold on a minute. Robbie's really a friend of mine. He asked me to come and see him. Oh, Robbie, is it now? <sighs> he sent me this telegram. Mm-hmm. It's signed, Robbie. Of course, it scarcely says Maynard Robertson. It scarcely would. Now, look. You've done a good job. You've screened me. I've got no concealed weapons. Not even a typewriter. Mr. Stone, as you may or may not know, Maynard Robertson is just as sought after as he can be. Particularly by gentlemen of the press, now that he's just returned from Korea and everything. I can assure you he has nothing to say for publication. Well, just call his room and tell him my name. Can you look me straight in the eye and swear you're a close friend of Mr. Robertson's? I can look you straight in the eye and swear. All right, we'll see. 
Mr. Robertson, please. Hello, I'm ever so sorry to bother you. This is the desk. There's a gentleman here, a Mr. Randy Stone. All right, sir. One moment. He wishes to speak to you, Mr. Stone. Thank you. Hi, Robbie. Randy, you old son of a gun. Get the heck up here. Right away, Robbie. I hope you understand, Mr. Stone. I was simply following Mr. Robertson's own orders to me. That's okay. Room 412. The elevator's to your right. It's self-service. Just punch the four button. I've been wanting to punch something. I'll settle for the four button. Hey, can I have a ride? Oh, sure. You can even drive if you want to. <laughs> All right. Face the front of the elevator. Name your floor, please. Uh, four. Just punch the four button. Ever get stuck in one of these? No. It sounds like fun. I did once. Believe me, it depends entirely on who gets stuck with you. Yeah, that was my point. I'm going to 4-2. It's a small world. She didn't fit the modest surroundings of Robbie's hideaway hotel any more than he did. She was tall and tan, the kind of tan you get at spots like Waikiki. Her blonde hair was crisp and natural. So was the mink tossed over one arm. And the brown eyes she directed at me were either soft and warm, or she was nearsighted. Unfortunately, the elevator powered its way straight to the fourth floor without mechanical failure. I'm looking for 412. I, I suppose it's down this way. Well, that's where I'm going. Oh, do you know Uncle Maynard? I know the guy in 412. Is he expecting you? He was. Oh, well, look, would you do me a big favor? He isn't expecting me. He hasn't any idea I'm anywhere near Chicago. I'm really just between trains. I called Mother, and she said Uncle Maynard was stopping here, and... And you'd like to surprise him, and you'd like me to wait while you do. Yes. Do you mind? No, no. Go ahead, I'll wait. Oh, that's wonderful, thanks. I won't be long. If I know Uncle Maynard, he'll fall right on his face when he sees me. If I know Uncle Maynard, he hasn't got a niece. <laughs> Go ahead, I'll wait. That was for sure. This doll was nobody's niece. Also for sure was that Robbie could have busted my neck if I'd horned in on that deal. I found an uncomfortable chair back by the elevator, sat at attention and smoked three cigarettes while Miss Tan and Terrific was making Robbie say uncle. I began to wish I'd brought a good book or maybe a good set of books. Just when I decided to come back a day or two later, she came beaming down the hall. I'll bet you thought I'd never come back. I had time to think a lot of things. I'm really a lot more grateful than I can say. And Uncle Maynard said the most wonderful things about you, Mr. Stone. He seems very fond of you. <laughs> yeah, I, I got a lot of charm when you get to know me. Yes, I'm sure you have. Well, goodbye, Mr. Stone. I guess I'll have to run the elevator without my co-pilot this trip. Just punch the one button. Hmm. I should have such a niece. Now, look, kid, I've said all... Oh, Randy, man, it's good to see you. Come in, fella. Some surprise, huh? Seeing your niece. Some shock, and she's not my niece. Really? Oh, you could have fooled me. You know her, don't you? No, no, and I probably won't. She saw you first. Let's forget about the doll. Tell me to sit down, buy me a drink, and... What's the matter with you? You... you don't know her? No, I don't know her. We never shared anything except the same elevator. You'll kill me. I doubt it. Uh, maybe I'd better tell you to sit down. Uh, sit down. <laughs> Thanks, I will. 
Now, how about that drink? Now, here. Take the bottle. Either drink it or hit me with it. I'll let you know what I decide later on. Randy, she's not my niece. She's also not what you think. Okay, okay. An old family friend. She's Kit Gaynor. What? The dame reporter? The same. She's fearless, lethal, covers the world, and most recently covered me. No reporter looks like that. 7,000 miles I travel from Korea to Chicago with my lips sealed. I talk to no one. I hide out in offbeat hotels. I do everything but wear a disguise so I can get to New York and give my secret report to the foundation directors. Brother, when Kit's story hits the press... You talk to this dame for publication? I will kill you. Randy, did you see her? Really look at her? Sure, I talked. I'd have slipped out the window onto the street, too, if she'd asked me to. Uncle Maynard. Oh, fine. Well, I guess it's too late to give you an exclusive for the star, isn't it? I left after a while. I planted myself at the press club bar and thought dark thoughts about Kit Gaynor. Sure, I'd heard of her. She was one of those first women. First to fly in a bomber, first in the jet, first to slip unnoticed onto a troop ship at the canal locks and go to the South Pacific. And most of all, she was the first dame reporter to make a real chump out of me. I had a drink to each of her blue ribbons. How did you find Uncle Maynard? Oh, on the ropes. How did you get in here? We got a rule about women. I'm a newspaper man. I hold press club cards all over the world, even in Chicago. I wish you were a newspaper man. I'd flatten you. I don't blame you. But when I got the scoop Robert was in town, I knew it was my last chance to catch him before he hit New York. I really ought to buy that hotel clerk a drink. If he hadn't given you that G2 routine, you couldn't have led me to Robbie. Where were you hiding? In the clerk's carnation? <laughs> You're really teed off, aren't you? There's every chance I'll live. Well, that's all I was trying to do, Stone. After all, the girls got to eat and drink. Speaking of drink, I've earned one. That was a good story I filed on, Robbie. Yeah, remind me to read it. You know something, Stone? You're sort of cute. <laughs> it's the soft light in here. It does things for me. She began having the drink she said she'd earned. Swallowed them down like there was so much fruit juice. And in between swallows, she talked. Gave me the stories behind the stories I'd read under her byline for the past eight years or so. Kit Gaynor was a lady trailblazer who got her kicks getting signatures on short snorters, talking G.I., and hopping jets for anywhere. I matched drinks with her for a while. The camera was no bigger than a cigarette case, so I was the only one who came up with the pictures and the story. Tito was furious at first, but... Stone, are you listening? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, sure. Tito was furious, and then before that... Churchill confided to you that he had nothing to offer but blood, sweat, and tears. Toil and tears. I had it a week before he gave it to Commons. Stone, are you sure you feel okay? I'm fine. I'm fine. I think maybe... Uh, I just put my head down for a minute or so. <laughs> I thought you'd like my rum, vodka, and slow gin blockbuster. One night in Seoul, Colonel Bransford had a few belts of it and began to act just like you are. Pretty soon he passed out. Oh. Whammo. Just like that. When I came to, I was cozily settled in my own apartment. 
I had on my pajamas and a robe Aunt Tilly had sent several Christmases ago, which I'd never worn. There was a steaming cup of coffee at my side, and someone was making homey sounds in the kitchen. So, baby, plug the coffee down. You look like the underside of a fish. You'll turn my head with talk like that. And if it turns, it'll roll off and break. Oh, drink the coffee. Ah, pretty good, huh? Hmm, yeah, that's not bad. There's a steak coming up. Look, kid, I don't want to press. But there are a few things that aren't exactly crystal clear in my mind. Like, uh, what am I doing in my pajamas and how did I get in them? The taxi driver was a perfect doll. Oh, he was? Your landlady was a little touchy, though. How did she get into the act? Well, we could have made a quieter entrance than we did. And I don't think she fell for my story, either. What story? That I was your niece and you had a touch of domain. Oh, you ought to write. You mentioned something about a steak. Right away, Stone. You know, you really should feel pretty good. You've slept for hours. What have you been doing? Oh, I managed to keep busy. For one, it isn't easy to come by a steak at this hour. I had to go practically to Cicero. Uh-huh. Oh, that looks good. I don't think I'll be able to stand it if you can cook, too. Remind me to tell you how talented I am sometimes. Mmm. Oh, hey, this is good. Of course it's good. Oh, that reminds me. While I was out... Or perhaps I should say while you were out. Big joke. I bought a copy of The Star and read your column. It was good. Really good. I'd curtsy, but I'm sitting down. Column? Holy Toledo. Did I say something wrong? You said something right. I've been acting like I had the night off. I'll just clear up these dishes. Chicago Star, night desk. Randy Farley... What are you doing there this time of night? I love my work. Oh, swell. Look, Farley, I've been hung up. So your niece told me. Oh. Oh, she did. Well, We uh... could have used you, boy. That is, we could have used a reporter. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll be down shortly. Don't rush on our account. The worst of it's over. The worst of what? Oh, little items like a million-dollar fire at the stockyards, a gang killing in Cicero... And count them, 12,437 eyewitness reports of a flying saucer. All that happened tonight? What did she do, plow you under? Why, I... Stone. Kid, come back here. Your niece take a powder, chump? Uh, yeah. I'll be right down. Turn in just a moment to Night Feet, starring Frank Lovejoy as Randy Stone. Tonight, the big, big holiday starts. Busy bus stations, crowded trains, cars lined bumper to bumper as the city empties into the country. It's the 4th of July, and a big weekend ahead. And out to the weekend fun, to picnics and parties, will go Pabst Blue Ribbon Beer. Yes, friendly, satisfying Pabst Blue Ribbon, to make good food taste better. There's one item to put right on top of your grocery list for your 4th of July picnic. And to complete that list, listen to this. Here's a list of foods to choose for picnics, parties, barbecues. Campbell's Pork and Beans, Armour's Treat, Borden's Cheese, Ritz Crackers, Swift's Frankfurters, and of course, Pops Blue Ribbon. You'll find that food tastes better by far if you serve them with foaming PBR. What'll you have? 
That's the ribbon. What do you have? That's the ribbon. What do you have? That's the ribbon. That's the ribbon, dear. Yes, be prepared for this big 4th of July weekend. Get ready for your parties, picnics, and good times with plenty of Pabst Blue Ribbon. The smoother, more refreshing beer. Order a money-saving case of 24. Or pick up several convenient carry-home cartons of bottles or cans. How about it? What'll you have? Act two of Nightbeat will continue after a 10-second pause for station identification. WNBC, AM and FM, New York. And now back to Night Beat and Randy Stone. I didn't understand Kit Gaynor's departure any more than I'd understood her arrival. By the time I got to the office, I was all set to write the whole episode off as experience. Experience I didn't need. A couple of hours after Farley and I had exchanged pleasantries on the phone, I spread out the final morning editions on my desk. The stockyards fire, the gang killing, the flying saucers bit got quite a play in all the Chicago dailies. The stars' coverage looked okay. But I'd picked a great night to sit on the sidelines. Well, my, but isn't our night blooming Jasmine? Hi, Farley. Oh, too little, too late himself. Ah, looks like you did okay without me. You got good coverage on all the saucers. Most of the boys are pretty loyal. You didn't happen to buzz by any of those saucers last night, did you? Or weren't you flying that low? Oh, knock it off, Farley. I don't miss many times. You want to know my real beef with you, boy? It's on page one of the News Telegraph. Right there. Read it. Far East Specialist tabs next red move. Maynard Robinson reveals Foundation report a new communist threat. I thought this Robertson was such a buddy of yours. Well, he is. So he gives his exclusive stuff to this Kit Gaynor. What kind of a buddy is that? What are you trying to get me to say? That she's a better reporter than I am? She's a devil of a good reporter. I'll say that for her. You got the only eyewitness story on a Cicero gang killing. Eyewitness? Also page one, the news telegraph. She was supposed to be buying a steak. Huh? Ah, uh, skip it. It's a local joke. Well, I'm calling it a day. But for my dough, this Kit Gaynor's a real newspaper man, even if she is a woman. Now, nuts. Hello. Is this Mr. Randy Stone? Yeah. New York calling. One moment, please. Ready with Chicago, New York. Your party is on the line. Stone? Yeah. It's Kit. Are you teed off at me again? I can just barely remember you. I miss you. How's your domain? It comes and goes. Look, I'm glad you're in New York. Makes me feel more secure. Only, didn't you get there a little quick? Darndest thing, Stone. When I got back to my hotel, I ran into an old friend in the lobby. It's sort of a long story, but he just happened to be a jet pilot, and it seemed like a good idea at the time. Oh, that's good. You stay there. You'll like it. I may run over to Europe. The Air Force says they'll fly me. You just keep putting miles between us. I'll be the best friend you've got. I'll come back someday and hold you to that. Kid, please. Do me no favors. I've got a job, just barely. Now, you go out and reconquer the world, only leave Chicago to me, huh? You're a funny guy, Stone. And I miss you. I really do. (laughs) Goodbye, Kit. I'll be reading you. Don't forget me, Stone. 
I had a fat chance of forgetting her. Night and day, at home, at the office, at the press club, every move I made, she covered. One particular overseas operator and I became old friends. Yeah? Elizabeth and Philip are a couple of dolls, and they're so in love. Oh, Stone, I miss you. Paris, France, calling Mr. Randy Stone. Paris? Nobody else in Paris dreams of Chicago. I'm staying on the left bank. Picasso's really divine. Do you ever think about me, Stone? Rome, Italy, calling Mr. Randy Stone. Oh, this gal gets around. I warn you, Stone, if you're fiddling while I'm away, I'll really burn. Berlin calling. Geneva, Switzerland calling. Vienna calling Mr. Randy Stone. I think I'm in love with you, Stone. In between times, I kept track of her with headlines like this. Ridgeway's in shape for shape, a Kit Gaynor exclusive. Tito talks exclusively to Kit Gaynor. Pope plugs for peace, a Kit Gaynor exclusive. No, I didn't forget her. And after a while, I didn't even try. At first, I was amused, then amazed. And finally, I began to think it was a good idea for her to show up in Chicago again. And she began to think so, too. I'm coming home, Stone. Stone! No! Hi, Kit. Oh, I didn't really think you'd be here. Honest to Pete, I didn't. I didn't think I'd be here. And roses. Oh, Stone, baby, you brought me roses. Yeah, I didn't think I'd do that, either. Did you miss me? I don't know. Look, don't plan on anything. I just happened by an old flower lady. She needed dough. And besides... Stella, I'm trembling like a schoolgirl. Well, I don't have to work tonight. I I told Farley that (laughs) my uh, niece was in town. And, uh... Don't look at me like that. I'll probably ask you. Go on, Stone. Please ask me. Well, that look of yours, is it really that soft and warm? Or are you nearsighted? And, of course, the first thing Tito did was to give my cigarette case a going over to be sure it wasn't another camera. Yeah, that that get-up of yours, that dress, that from Paris? The only one I could afford... I uh, dropped most of my take making transatlantic calls. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you did, didn't you? I got a money-back guarantee on the dress. The designer said, if it does not drive your lover mad, I will, uh, how you say, refund your money. Oh. <laughs> well, I, I can't tell, Stone. Do I get my money back? Uh, I'll let you know. Maybe I could work a trade deal with him. This creation for some house dresses in a going-away suit. Or should we just... Dance or something. Let's just sit here and, and talk about your trip. Trip was wonderful and it's over. I'm glad it's over. Oh, you'll be off again soon. I'll put dough on it. I doubt it. it it's sort of like the itch, Stone. When I get it, I've got to get up and move. But I think I'm cured this time. 
I bucked it all over the world because there wasn't anything or anyone to keep me at home. Maybe, uh... Maybe we better dance or something. I'm going to be around, Stone. And you're going to know it. But she was around, and I knew it. After a week or so, I didn't figure her too well. Or maybe it was me I didn't figure too well. Kit was giving me the home cooking treatment, and every time I started feeling cozy about the pipe and slippers routine, a small, still voice within me told me to take to the hills. I kept my own counsel about it, though. Outwardly, no one knew anything was up. Hey, lover boy. What's with the new suit? Oh, <laughs> well, I've had it a while. I just haven't worn it to the office yet. Well, la-dee-da. A nice, sincere, dark blue suit. Well, I got an appointment. A guy is coming through town. He's loaded. A very well-tailored gent. I figured I ought to look sort of shined up myself. Uh-huh. What's in that box? Oh, oh nothing. You're going to take the box to the guy, huh? Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Hey, oh, come on. Take it easy. Ah, the fella. He likes red roses, does he? Give me the flowers. Well-tailored gent. You've been wearing white shirts every day for a week. You got two haircuts this week. Every day, shoe shines. Also, every day, roses. I'm doing my work, aren't I? Oh, sure, sure. And if it gets any cozier, I'm switching you to the home section. I carried the roses out in the open so everyone could see to Kit's hotel. She was my well-tailored friend. We were supposed to have lunch together. I started to stride past the desk clerk, but he shoved a note at me through the roses. It was Kit's handwriting. Couldn't reach you by phone. Leaving flight 23, 1 p.m. Hurry, darling. Oh, excuse me, please. Let me through, please. Oh, I'm sorry. Excuse me, please. Oh, Robbie, I'll see you later. I'm trying to catch up with someone. You're too late for flight 23. I'm too late? Yeah, out there, just clearing the runway. Oh. Yeah, I see. That's funny. Is it? I mean the roses. She said you'd be carrying roses, but I didn't believe her. What are you doing here, anyway? Last I heard, you went to New York to face the foundation director. Yeah, I faced them. They liked Kit's story so well, they almost gave me a citation. Oh, swell. Uh, where's she off to this time? Korea. Korea? Robbie, you... I didn't have a thing to do with it. The army arrangement. I, I just ran into Kit here at the airport. She said the whole thing came up in a hurry. Yeah, things do with her. Uh, she's a wonderful girl, isn't she? Yeah, I guess that's what she is. Well, I better head back to town. Can I give you a lift? No, no thanks. I'm waiting for a flight out. To Korea? I'll end up there after a while. But don't worry. I can't give you any trouble, I'm sorry to say. Oh? Kit left a message for you. I believe her exact words were... <clears throat> I love you, Stone, but I got the itch again. She said you'd understand. Yeah, I understand. Well, thanks, Robbie. Oh, here. You win the roses.
I made straight for the press club and loaded up for a long summer and a cold winter. And this time, although I didn't wake up at home in my robe and pajamas, I sure had me a touch of toming. Of course, I'm getting better all the time. What the heck, I wasn't cut out for sitting and rocking. I never even think about Kit much, except once in a while when the telephone rings and an overseas operator announces one of the world's capitals. And then I know I got a jet by the rudder all over again. But that's strictly off the record. You can't print a word of it. Copy, boy. Night Beat, starring Frank Lovejoy, is produced and directed by Warren Lewis. Tonight's transcribed story was written by Kathleen Height with music by Frank Worth. The part of Kit was played by Joan Banks. Others featured were Jay Novello, Marvin Miller, and Joe Gilbert. Listen next week at this time, and every week as Randy Stone searches through the city for the strange stories waiting for him in the darkness. Tomorrow, join us for comedy with Bob and Ray on NBC. This is Andrea J. Graham, author of the Web Surfer series. Oh, and a man's wife. You're listening to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. Welcome back. To be honest, when it comes to the writing of this story, I don't get this at all. I think the idea of getting Randy Stone involved in a real romance could have been a really good episode. Probably the single best episode of of Philip Marlowe was the one where he got into a real long-term relationship And then some tragedy came out of that and some key plot points, and it led up to a really great emotional uh, moment. Here, there's really not much of a payoff. And Randy's involvement in his own uh, relationship uh, is, is actually quite passive for the most part. I mean, she makes the long distance phone calls from around the world. She actively pursues the relationship throughout. Uh, And he does a few things in response, like putting on a white shirt. Well, that's great, Randy. And uh, buying some roses. But it's a very weird setup. Because Randy doesn't really invest himself a whole lot in this thing. And so when you find out that she's uh, gone away from Chicago, you don't feel anything about it. So the writing really does have some problems in this week's episode, which is so rare because Nightbeat is such a good program. Uh, Though I think there are some positive points to the episode. Of course, Frank Lovejoy and Joan Banks work uh, really well together performance in this is pretty good and she does bring life to this character and you believe her Um, though it's by no means on the same level as the work we heard a couple weeks ago in lost souls 
I also really enjoyed uh, the scene with Randy and the guy at the front desk. There was some genuine uh, comedy that was somewhat subtle, uh, such as when uh, Randy uh, sta stated, uh, oh, you know, when he was asked to swear that uh, he knew the guy in the hotel room. Randy said, oh, oh yeah, I'll swear at you. And it was it was a very subtle joke uh, with very dry delivery, but you're kind of like, oh yeah, I get that. But other than that, this is probably one of the weaker Notbeat episodes. It's worth noting that Notbeat had a new sponsor, Paps Blue Ribbon Beer. Uh, this, of course, uh, is a product that's still around. Though it went through some declining years, it moved out of Milwaukee to Los Angeles, and now its customer base, uh, from what I've read, is more urban hipsters, which is a pretty big uh, change. Uh, Pabst, uh, during the golden age of radio, sponsored quite a few programs. Among them, they did uh, The Life of Riley. Uh, they also did uh, The Eddie Cantor Show for quite a while. And uh, they also they sponsored a uh, program for Groucho Marx, called uh, Blue Ribbon Town, uh, which was a uh, variety show, kind of in the same vein as the, you know, Bob Hope show. Though, honestly, not quite as good, just because the format didn't really suit Groucho's uh, talents. But at any rate, Pabst was a very big sponsor, and they're now added to Nightbeats. Well, that's all for now. Join us back here tomorrow for Rocky Fortune and next Monday, another episode of Nightbeat. In the meantime, send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.